Welcome again to the Actors Vow. I'm so excited to have you here another week. And I'm testing a new mic. I don't know if you can tell, but um, let's see if it works. You know, this might be terrible and you might be able to go back to the other one and we can totally do that. I just have this other one and just, you know, trying new things. So updates, I'm feeling way better about everything. Still watching Grey's Anatomy. Shit, it's getting crazy. I actually saw The Master this weekend, which I had never seen. Um, I don't know why. But if you haven't seen it, you must watch it. Uh, the Master is with Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Sifmer Hoffman and Laura Dern. It, it's amazing. Like I was watching it and just the cast kept getting better. The acting is incredible. The directing. It's amazing. So please, if you haven't watched it, watch The Master of uh, 2012, I believe. So before we start this week's episode, I want to introduce, of course, the Sunday Spotlight of this week. This week, the Sunday Spotlight is Ashley Nadine Lopez, and she's a bilingual Latinx actor from New York. She mostly does to be in film and modeling right now. So in the interview, she's going to be talking about transitioning from theater to TV and film and how she thinks the industry can be more inclusive. And she's also going to be talking about not having an agent or manager, just working freelance and how you can do that too. So you'll be able to read her whole interview this Sunday on at the Actors Vow, the Instagram page. But if you want to find Ashley before Sunday, her Instagram is at Ashley Nadine Lopez at A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-A-D-I-N-E-L-O-P-E-Z. So this week, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. We've had a couple weeks of incredible guests and we've been talking a lot about, you know, more the industry. And I love that because that's more, how to say this the right way? That's more doable, actionable, that's more objectively speaking useful, but we know we actors don't only care about useful, we have to learn about the side of the industry, the business side, and you might love it or you might hate it, but we have to learn it. But that's not what we love the most and that's not of course why we do acting. So this week I wanted to bring it into something very different. I was thinking about talking about, you know, getting an agent or more auditioning or on-camera work. But again, that would bring in more to the side of how to do the business side. So today I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite topics about acting, which is learning to love your character. And that is very meaningful to me because I don't know about you guys, but I love playing villains. Like if I could only play villains, that's what I would play. And (laughs) that's not me being a masochist. That's not me having a very dark soul and twisted heart. Like I might have that, but that's not the reason why. It's just because it's a it's an added challenge because as an actor, you always have to learn to love your character. So when you play a villain, that's just an added challenge to it. And the challenge is not you loving it, it's getting the audience to love them. Well, not love them. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because your job as an actor is to make your character empathetic, not sympathetic. 
Sympathetic means that we like the character. A synonym would be likable. Empathetic means like me. And there's a difference there. I'm going to give you some examples. Uh, One of my biggest struggles with this was when I played young woman in Machinal. I don't know if you were familiar with Machinal, but Machinal is a play about the first woman in the US who was killed in the electric chair because she murdered her husband. It's a real story. It's incredible. I've talked about it before in the podcast. Machinal by Sophie Treadwell. And the main character, young woman, she is a very young woman who gets rushed into this marriage for money and social status. And she's very, very unhappy. She suffers from mental health issues. And one day she, whatever reason you want to decide that she does it for, um, it's pretty open to the actor's or director's interpretation but she decides to murder her husband or she murders her husband without deciding it actually. So it was very hard for me when I got cast to be able to find that empathy. Not for me, because I think I I consider myself a very empathetic person, but I thought to myself, how am I going to get the audience to empathize with this character and first I took it from the perspective of actually not empathizing but sympathizing like being like I want them to like her and that's almost impossible because the play starts you know with like her getting married and her like uh, it's kind of portrayed like she goes crazy I don't want to say that because in my opinion she doesn't go crazy but it's portrayed like that she murders her husband then it's like the whole trial and everybody's portraying her like she's crazy and a terrible person and then in the end she gets executed in the electric chair. So it's very hard (laughs) to get this because the play is portrayed like everything is against her and like all the other characters are not bad people. So it was very hard for me to get to that point. And the, the way that you go about it is... It's a whole process and that's why I want to talk about it here. Another example is Leslie Autumn Jr. playing Burr. I was reading in this interview how he didn't want people to like him because he was very aware that the musical was called Hamilton and that, um, as he says in the musical, history has portrayed him as the villain because he's the one who killed Hamilton. And in the story, he is the one who is seen, you know, as the enemy. So he said in the interview, he didn't want people to like him. He just wanted people to understand him. And if you can get, if you can get to that as an actor, that is your only job. And of course, the writing plays an important role in this, like I just said with Machinal, for example. But you as an actor, you can make the audience empathize with your character. And here are my tips for that. Number one, (laughs) this is a basic one, but you can never, never judge your character. Another example for me was when I was in Marat Saad and I was playing this mentally ill um inmate in an asylum and I swear to god like everybody I've talked to they were like no she's crazy she's terrible all the horrible things and I promise you it hurt my heart every time I heard someone talk about this character like that because I had learned to not judge this character and to love this character so you as the actor 
must try as hard as you can to never, never judge him or her. Number two is making it specific. Because we've talked about it many times, universality lies in specificity. If you make your character specific, you will make your character human. And humans always can relate to humans. And three, make him or her an emotional human with a conscience. A beautiful, incredible example for this is Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've seen Breaking Bad, but if you haven't, you must watch Breaking Bad for me. It's the most incredible TV show in history above all others. And Brian Cranston, who plays the lead, he plays a school teacher who gets cancer and to be able to play for, to pay for the cancer treatment he has to resort to be a drug dealer it starts there and the story evolves and he ends up being a very big drug dealer and many things get involved in that that if you watch objectively you would think this is a terrible person this person deserves to be in jail I hate this person. Whatever you could say about him, because he does really terrible things. Now, Brian Cranston plays this character in such a delightful, mesmerizing, wonderful, incredible way that you love him. And when he is about to get caught by the police, you're rooting for him. And when he gets hurt, you cry. And when things happen to her, you're on his side. Why? Because he makes him an emotional human with conscience. Because he makes him specific. And because Brian Cranston would never judge that character. So that is a masterclass on how you can learn to love your character. Breaking Bad. Now let's talk more about this. And let's go get more in depth. Because when you start playing one of these characters, even if your character is not considered evil or a villain, all characters have to make choices. And the choice of a character is never between right or wrong. Because in life, it's never between right or wrong. Because all these things that what we consider to choose good or right is not what is good or right. It's what we perceive as good or right. I think of an example how many actors have played Hitler and Hitler himself or a serial killer or a murderer. I can guarantee you that they're never going to tell you that what they did was wrong. They always believe that what they do is right or good because they have a reason behind it. They have a cause of why they are doing it. So to them, it's the way the way they perceive good or right. And you cannot judge your character's choices are wrong because to them, that is the moral thing to do according to whatever beliefs they have. So you have to learn to see that moral compass of your character. And you can never say that what your character is doing is wrong as them because that will show. And you know, true choices... When you're writing a play, <laughs> when the writer is writing the play or the screenplay, true choices bring dilemma between two things the character considers right and he can only choose one. It's not a thing that is right or wrong because if the choice was right or wrong, 
first of all, that's terrible writing because everybody knows they'll go with the right one. And then there's no dilemma, there's no drama in it. And we really don't make choices between right or wrong because if we have to choose between right or wrong, we choose right. There's no choice to be made. So always think about it this way. When your character has to make a choice, it has to be between two things that he considers right. Maybe one is more right than the other, if you know what I mean. But they both in their moral compass are considered right. It can be what I'm saying, a choice of lesser of two evils. Our circumstances might force him to choose one. Like there is a story that Robert McKee talks about in his um, book, Story, which is an incredible book and I've talked about it before. So if you haven't read it, read it, Story by Robert McKee. So he talks about how he was a member at a gym and there was this um, mob guy who used to go to the gym. This is this is a real story. And he, you know, he had meetings there. It was known that he was part of the mob. And he one day went to Robert and he was like, hey, Bob, tell me something. Are you one of the good people? <laughs> what this guy was asking is, do you belong to the mob? But to him, that was being the good people, the good side, the same way that for a Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad, he was on the good side. Like if you ask Voldemort, Voldemort is on the good side. So you have to understand that we all have different moralities. Then another important step If you still, after finding their moral compass and you cannot relate to it and you keep judging it, is to find their desirable and admirable qualities. Because I can guarantee you, no matter how horrible someone can be, how can you can perceive them as horrible, no matter how many wrong choices have they done according to you or how they treat others, there is always something Maybe it's one thing, but I'm pretty sure it's more than one thing usually that is admirable or desirable. Maybe it's their sense of leadership. Maybe it's their self-love and self-confidence. Maybe it's their ability to manage a business. Whatever it might be, if you can make a list or find those things, that will help you to at least find something that you can grasp, something that you can understand and in some way admire and be able to relate. And then when you are doing your research for your character, I think this is very important to understand. We're going back to making choices as humans and as characters. True character shows up only through choice and dilemma. Like, you, you find out who a person truly is when there is a choice to be made, right? And that's true for your character too. And of course, we're not going to judge him anyway, but I think it's something important to observe in the play or the screenplay. Pay attention how someone chooses to act under pressure. Find the place in the play or the script where your character is most under pressure and realize what they're deciding to do. Haven't you seen in movies, like, you're watching a movie about someone who's in the mob, 
let's bring that that example and the whole movie you're thinking oh it's a terrible person he's killed people he's stealing you're making your moral judgments right and then it gets to a point of the movie where he has to choose to save someone who's dying in front of them or run away and they choose to save that person well that says a lot about their character and that's what we're talking about here so pay attention to that like who is your character pretending to be but also who is him or her when the true moment comes that goes for people and that goes for characters a lot of characters pretend to be bad people and when the true moment comes they show their golden heart now, a lot of characters pretend to be really good people and then when the true moment comes when they have to sacrifice something or make a choice that doesn't benefit them they show their true colors and the last part to learn to love your character is to understand that to be able to find dimension to your character to be able to create a three-dimensional character whatever you want to call it you've heard that many times in acting school that means there needs to be contradiction because nobody's just black and white nobody's just good and nobody's just bad and that means consistent contradiction and writers playwriters and screenwriters know that and they they already do that if they are they are a good one they will do that create the constant contradiction in your character but you as an actor also need to understand that we all have polarizing qualities we all can be selfish sometimes and very giving others we all can be very honest sometimes and lie when we have to so understand that that's part of being human and that's also part of your character and learn to find those polarizing qualities and that will create that universality that we were talking about that being able to empathize with your character that contradiction that contradiction is what will make your character interesting and what will make people be able to empathize with your character so those are all my tips for not just learning to love your character as we said but to be able to give that empathy feeling to the audience because that is your main goal getting the audience to empathize with your character will definitely bring your acting to a whole new level so before we finish this week's episode i'm going to bring one of my favorite plays ever for the play of the week because talking about what we talked about today in the episode this is an incredible play to bring because the characters in this one are so easy to judge they're so easy to see as crazy or bad they're very complex characters and contradictory the play is Bug by Tracy Letts and of course everything that Tracy Letts writes is incredible but Bug if you haven't read it there's also a movie so if you want to watch the film it's a film in 2006 and it's also called Bug and it's actually really good too but the play is one of those plays that 
actually like goals like this is one of the players i would want to be in the place is mostly set in one motel room which makes it amazing if you're looking for something for scene study or to direct in school or something to just you know put a play on at school and you want to be part of it and there are like two main characters so if you want to do scene study it also has incredible scenes for two characters female and male also it has amazing monologues especially for male so i would really recommend this if you're looking for monologues to do at school or if you're looking for monologues to do at auditions because this is not one of those places that everybody's doing this monologue you know what i'm saying so the play deals with paranoia and love and conspiracy theories and insanity shared paranoia uh, alcoholism drug addiction domestic abuse it's never ending that's what i'm saying it's a very complex play so you need to read it if you haven't if you have and you haven't watched the movie watch the movie bug by tracy letts So this will be all for this week. Next week, we will have an episode. I still don't know if we're going to have a guest. I have a couple guests lined up, but I don't know if I want to talk to you on my own because I've missed you and I love talking just to you and being here with you. And because the next week, there won't be an episode. It's going to be Thanksgiving week and I'm going to take that break because... I just need a break. So I'm still going to be on Instagram. I'm still going to be posting and um, being there with you. But I'm just not going to submit, upload um, podcast episodes. So we'll see next week what happens. But I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let me know what you think. Maybe you have other tips to learn how to make your character more empathetic and relate to the audience. And if you haven't, subscribe to iTunes, guys. And also leave a review, please. Those are so helpful for the podcast. And not just for me, but also for others if they want to find it. And also follow The Actors Vow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm sure you already do, but so many more new things are coming. And I know I've been saying that, but I've been sick and now I'm getting better. And really cool things are coming. So thank you so much for another week. I love you so much. You're so amazing. I'll see you next Wednesday.